a home to call your own, an investment property. Two simple ways to provide amazing financial and emotional security for you and your family. It's often one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever have to make. Hello, I'm Christina and welcome to the School of Home Ownership. I love being part of a standard family, but I'm also a multi-property investor, having bought and sold over 50 properties in the last 25 years. During that time, I learned how to make my investments accelerate and how to avoid costly mistakes. Now I know how to reap the benefits of good property decisions. Allow me to take you on a journey that mines the golden nuggets of finance and property insights. Learn the ropes here within the walls of the School of Home Ownership. Hi, my name is Christina Jamison and welcome to the School of Home Ownership. Today we're doing our series, Advice Worth Its Weight in Gold, and we're focusing on tradespeople. And they are an absolute asset. Good tradespeople are absolute assets. So next to me here, I have Russell Dennis, who is our plumber. We met Russell through Peter Dobson, who built our house, through my husband's uncle, who was an engineer. And they had been working for 50 years together uh, and was an absolute referral, an absolute gem. And like attracting like, hired Russell. So Russell does a lot of our plumbing nowadays. So Russell, yeah. how do we get good tradespeople? How do you work? What, what, you know, what attracts you to good people and what work will you do for them? Well, I think personally you try and find um, somebody who's been recommended um, and got a few jobs up his sleeve, possibly some portfolios where he'd show off photos, um, maybe a little video of himself on a job possibly. Um, but word of the mouth, best one. And then through other tradesmen, you might find a trade he's too busy to help you out, but he'll recommend his good friend and so forth and they you know, work out that way. Yeah, and we were talking about the other day, um, what are the pet hates, what people do to you that you wouldn't want to work for them? Like what are the sort of scenarios and uncomfortable parts of working with a person? Oh, you know, there's a few things there. Um, Picking on you for being oh, a couple of minutes late sometimes when you do get held up with another client who's um, just as important. Um, possibly, you know, not really letting you park in a desirable spot and you get to walk half a mile where they've got their car, say, sitting there and it's not even being used and it, it just makes your day longer and harder. Um, I suppose that's probably one of the main things in there and possibly, you know, um, payments. That's always a thing, payments. Um, setting up prices on jobs and uh, when you get paid, how long some people take to pay you. That's a big, big thing. You know, you put your accounts in and you might not stipulate seven days payment or 30 days and, wow, you'll wait a while. Really? And, so, so, mm. so do you do progress payments? Yeah, progress payments are a great thing. If you feel where it's a bigger job and uh, you've got to invest quite a lot of money, you'll turn around and... Uh, set up a schedule of payments where you get the legal amount, which is a 10% that the government says you can only put as a deposit or demand for a deposit. And then possibly you can work from there where you know you're gonna purchase a lot of materials directly and deliver them to the job, um, put in for 
40% even. And then um, a little progress along the way and then leaving a retainer, not a very big amount, but enough so you have to come back and finish a job. And that's a big thing where you can hold that with the plumber or tradie, where you hold that little percentage and he has to come back and finish because it's, you know, else he misses out on his profit margin possibly. All yeah. right. So what was the story you were telling me about the other day where um, you had been referred by another person and yes. that person wasn't, um, took a long time to, to pay? It's like what, the trust issues, I guess, because that's one of the key parts, isn't it? That if you're For not sure. comfortable. Yeah. Um, so this was a lady uh, recommended by my neighbour. I think that's possibly the story we're talking about. And uh, she needed a hot water heater done. It was quite a large hot water heater, 400 litre dual element hot water heater where uh, they range in the $3,000 mark. Um, I purchased a tank, installed it, didn't worry about asking for any deposit or anything, being my neighbour's mum and a, a lady who I've known for quite some time. Anyway, we set everything up, perfect, left the place clean tidy, took away the old tank to the tip. Um, well, Quite a few weeks went by and I oh, gee, a bit strange, I haven't seen the money for this job. I've paid for it, you know. Anyway, I made the phone call. How are you, Jeanette? And uh, she said, oh, pretty good, Russell, you know, great, yeah. So said, oh, Jeanette, um, seems a bit slow in the payment there. And she went, oh, well, the electrician hasn't come to do my PowerPoints in the house. And I thought, well, that's got nothing to do with my job. Um, oh, I was just going to guarantee that your tradesman, your electrician mate would come along. Um, anyway, she paid the money directly, so we got over that. Yes. <laughs> okay, so and that would sort of hinder, like, if you want to have a tradesperson that can use continuously, you'd want to be paying on time. You don't want them to, sure. I wouldn't be wanting to ask for money. So we, we pay Russell on time. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another point that Russell made is the last deposit, the last payment. Um, and what we had here, so, and I'll go to in detail in another in another session, basically we did this little kitchen here um, and what had happened is the work hadn't been done and the tradesperson was asking for the last 10% deposit to be paid prior to completing the job. Now when we came in here, the quality was really bad and I'll give you a background that I come from an engineering background, my husband's a tradesperson. So we have some idea of what work should look like. And in fact, we had probably done, we had done this kitchen ourselves previously. So when we came here, I was so, I was so sad to see it because I'm used to good tradespeople. The tap had been left on, the plumbing hadn't been connected properly and it basically, water was dripping down into our carpet and actually ruined the carpet. And they were still asking for a deposit prior to completing the works. I wouldn't recommend this to anyone, but by withholding the money, we basically got the work done ourselves. We just stopped them doing it, didn't want them touching anything, and we got Peter Dobson actually came and helped us. Um, he had been too busy to do this job, but he actually came and helped us fix it up. So the last payment is a really critical way to ensure that you're doing it. I also had an example with my neighbour who uh, had been doing a bathroom, and for some reason, she got a couple of quotes and she chose the quote that was half the price of the others. For me, that's a warning sign. And it wasn't sure. someone that was necessarily referred to. So the issues that she had were so long. Uh, we, we 
we went in there, but by that stage, he had completed the tiling. The tiling was quite bad. Yeah. So they would have to start again and it would have been uh, an issue. But they were so sad because they had waited all this time to do the bathroom and then the bathroom was a poor, uh, poor issue. Lucky. Yeah. Very unlucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should have got you. <laughs> <laughs> would have been a great one. Missed out another job. And that's one of the issues that we have. And we're being short with good tradespeople as well, is how do we manage it? So I did this job um, and I basically didn't use my usual kitchen person because they were a three-month wait and I didn't want to wait the three months and have this vacated. Yes. However, I think it cost me more than three months really to do it. It would have been easy if I had a good tradesperson doing it. Yes. So what is there any ways that we can sort of manage when, you know, push in and <laughs> try to get our work done? Yeah, it's hard to push in on the line sometimes because um, that tradesman's usually a good tradesman for the next person. So, yeah, um, but the best way is just to liaise with them, talk to them, and try and see if there's a bit of an opening because of bad weather's and so forth. Rain might slow them down. You know, sun might slow them down too, and they're after an indoor job. So, yeah. Okay, Russell, some tips for renovating, such as a bathroom. All right. Well, the bathroom, uh, it's one of your most expensive um, rooms in your house. So you might turn around and say you either want to uh, do this on a lighter type of price, uh, more budget. So you'll turn around and just keep all your positions of your PC items, like your vanity, your bath, shower and toilet in the same location. Because once you start taking a toilet pipe and moving that to the other side of the room, well, a plumber's got to get underneath the floor and sometimes you can't get under the floor and move the pipe, so you're better off to see, leave them in the same position, take them off the floor, toilet unpick, vanity unpick, put a new vanity down, new toilet down, new accessories around the room, your towel rails and toilet roll holders and so forth and shower shelves, and it just pretties it up and you get a decent bathroom out of it without the major expense. But then if you want to do the full-on expense, just rip it all out, right down to your bare bricks. So how much are we talking about if you're rearranging all the plumbing? Rearranging the plumbing, uh, it can put your bathroom price up to about $30,000 completely. Um, we work on a top of a figure for each point and it, it's an easy way of um, estimating how much a bathroom will be, um, yeah. And another tip that Russell gave me will actually be used, tiling. So we don't have to rip off all the tiles because our tiles in our bathroom were pretty much, you had to jackhammer them off, like pretty quite severely. Yes. So we had, what do you call the adhesive? Um, there's adhesives available on the market. Um, it's, uh, it's a tile on tile glue and we can adhere a tile to another tile. Um, this will save a lot. but. Also, using some of the adhesives, you just take the tiles off and not the total render underneath because you're going to pay for a renderer. And that's possibly the better way to go where you just take the tile off, adhere to the bare render. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. Not a problem. Any other points that we should know about? Any oh, other tips? Kitchen, anything? Uh, in your bathroom, sometimes you might just turn around and give it a good clean, regrout the tiles that are existing and just put new tapware to it. Yes, I have to say that you did our tap tapware. So I did nothing for this bathroom at all. And uh, Russell cho chose everything. 
and it's actually pretty classy, I have to say. So, for a little bathroom. And, and just exactly what you were saying, just the tapware from before and after, it just made it look it does, pristine. Yeah. I was quite Absolutely. surprised. Simple. So that's Changing. simple. Yeah, real. Yeah, for sure. No worries. So thank you for that. So if people want to contact you, how do they contact you? Oh, my best way is my mobile phone number, 0408 No worries. And we're a Sydney area. Sydney, yes. Sydney area. Thank you very much for your time. Time is money for a tradesperson. True. Thanks, Christina. <laughs> it's on my job, so it's okay. <laughs>